Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to the Tritech Games Podcast, your podcast where you go through all the portals in the Prime platform and you go, wait, we went from jungle to desert to a place with laser pistols and barbarians? Yes. Tonight we are continuing our series of adding Fringeworthy 2 with the Galarian setting for the Pathfinder role-playing game. Of course, this is the property of Paizo. All right, I think we can wrap this up here since... Whipping, whipping, yeah. No, okay, no, I, I got to ask you another, another question. So, okay. So, I'm Joe Blow, or what the equivalent name is, and I'm walking, you know, uh, one of the areas where, you know, uh, say, uh, one of the more... Uh, easy to get to locations for a warp and I see it which means of course what fringeworthy yeah yes. so what kind of so would there would there be you know how how would you know so what kingdom would you would you say this would happen in which is the easiest place for someone to walk along and happen to see the warp would it be that desert would be that it would be the warp in on the uh, Akaton where it's on top of a building or in a hall, down an alleyway, or be near one of the cities we're talking about. Which one would you say would be the most? I likely? would say probably the easiest ones. Well, obviously, you know the portal there at Idenvay, Numeria. Problem is, most people there, no one walks into that portal because it's tech, and it's like, yeah, it's there, but we don't mess with it because we don't want the gearsmen coming after us. Uh, let me see. Yeah. Because you had your listings there, and I, yeah, I don't, don't remember all. <laughs> I would say the stone ruins, the Egyptian stone ruins near the ruins of Tumen. Um, Around here? Yeah, I'm looking at the map. Okay. The cool, muddy hillside in, in the Amans in Ustalab, opening on the hilltop in the middle of that cemetery. Yeah. A lot of these, a lot of these, I put outside of the cities. I didn't put them in, so I mean, you you'd walk through the portal and see them like off in the distance, like maybe a mile away. No, you wouldn't see it. Well, I mean, you'd see the cities a mile away. Oh yeah, cities maybe as you're coming through the portal. Now, natives would be having to walk out and about, like, yeah, we're going up the coast here. Wait a minute, what's that weird multicolored thing over there? What multicolored thing, George? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, but I imagine actually at the, in in the ruins in Tumen, 
because uh, you have all these archaeologists. That's, that's what they are, archaeologists, running around. Oh, run, serenologists, oh, I ser- Yeah, or serenologists. And they would go, oh, what's that? What's what? That. And he walks over. It's a, it's a portal. What portal? Steps through it. Disappears. They all freak out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would say that's probably the most likely one because you got enough people going there. The, the chances are at least one. Unfortunately, what's the population of Sothis? One hundred eleven thousand people. Just enough for one of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So one of them that's finds true. Yeah, there to be that one person in Sothis that you know they would happen to be out there or whatever. Yeah. He has a portal no one else can see. Yes. Well, my the pretense for this Fringes of Galarian series that I was running was, okay, something I do through my multiverse is, if it's a game setting like Greyhawk, I forgot wrong, I have, and it's sort of a variation on a Pac-Miller, it's basically a techno-organic, space station monitoring device known as a geos and it can produce mellor on its own basically well one of the mellor posed as one of the great old wizards of this world i made up named astrolax he got these yeah him yeah right yeah i remember him yeah he gets the fringe worthy together from the planet and has him has them do missions that they can't do now, the first Fringes of Galarian was, okay, yeah, I found a rainbow key. Problem is, there's a bandit lord in Kadesh, which is, let's see, Kadesh? Kadira. I was close. Katapesh. I was getting it mixed up. Kadira is sort of the Middle Eastern-esque country on the far west part of the inner sea region. That bandit lord was actually an infected Melor. So, obviously, he could not get that rainbow key himself. So, he got them together to get this rainbow key from this bandit lord. And, of course, he could, He had to explain, well, he's a shapeshifter, he's an alien shapeshifter, and I can't do this on my own because he has something that would definitely weaken me and I cannot go up against him. But if you get me this rainbow colored crystal it will greatly enhance my abilities because they you'd have all the powers of the rainbow key and so yeah these what was a dwarven fighter elven necromancer halfling rogue and a human priest of osirion were the original four characters i had and they went and they took down this melor and got the key back and so yeah astrolax kept finding more and more fringe worthy until another infected Molor actually posed as a longtime friend of his, got on board Geos, and infected it and Astrolax. The his charges, his team basically got away barely. And basically, one of the things that Astrolax told them as he was going through the transformation, you're gonna be hunted for the rest of your lives because I know everything about you. You will be constantly looking over your shoulder. I'm sorry. And so the next game I run is going to be, 
okay, now they're basically being chased by the infected Astrolax's agents. So, yeah, this, this is how I came up with this campaign, is that this old Melor posing as an old wizard from hundreds of years ago is alive after all, and he's amassing this team of operatives to do these things for him. It's because they're all fringeworthy. That was the whole basis of his campaign, and now that Astrolax has been infected, he's, been, he's going to become their worst enemy. But now they have access to the portals, which means they can do things like, I mean, they got a little bit of high technology they gave them, but they know now where Numeria is. They know where all the other places are, where they can get firearms and they can. So, yeah, I, I have my work cut out for me now if I can make it to Gen Con next year and get this fourth game going. Yeah, because I can see one reason for you to come in here is not only for understanding magic, but also because there's all there's tech that could probably still work on Earth Prime that's here, you know. Yeah. Uh, some of the tech may not work, or you know, and I'm not sure how well the nano stuff would work. Because um, some of the stuff, you know, I mean, depending on how, if you want to keep, you know, Earth Prime, Earth Prime, and make it like our universe, which means, okay, a lot of stuff ain't going to work. But, I mean, the real world, I'm saying. Um, yeah. But it's up to the GM. Some GMs are going, well, it's, it's in the book. If it's in the book, then it's in the book, you know? And, yeah. Go for it, you know? I'm not going to say you're doing it wrong. It's just not the way I would do it. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's so there's a lot of tech out there, and uh, to, to harvest Numeria... Um, going to the one place where they actually are forging, where they're making adamantium. Going, yeah, I need, I need ten thousand ball bearings about this size. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing with with the the rules in the technology guide actually have um, different types of labs that you have production lab, you have a gunsmith lab. Actually, there is, if you want to get into production of tech, let me get the particular, ah, yes, it is, okay, this PDF, it's third party, but it is for Pathfinder. It is by, Fat Goblin Games, is it? Yes, Fat Goblin Games, it is called Call to Arms Fantastic Technology. Now, it uses both the technology guide rules and the kingdom building rules from Ultimate Campaign. Pathfinder, if you want to get into them making high tech, extrapolating on those two books, Ultimate Campaign and the Technology Guide, you can have your Pathfinder characters over time making anti-grav, fusion-powered stuff. Um, heck, they got you to where your kingdom can actually have a space station and then from there leave orbit. But it's a third-party thing. As it's from Fat Goblin Games. It's Pathfinder-compatible. You can sit there, and I mean, you can do things like make power armor, AI, robots. Um, what is what is the other one? Um, oh heck! I mean, it, you know, it sounds like they. Of course, we do. And I'm doing. I'm going to channel Bruce here for a second. It does. There is a problem, of course, shipping it back. I mean, you know, yes, we can. <coughs> we I, we can make we can make. Uh, uh, electric electric motors that weigh one that weigh a ha half as much as the current ones do, and that 
basically have bearings that will make them last for a hundred years before they run, you know, before they wear out. You can't ship enough of them because you got a twenty-five foot, twenty-five foot hole to pull them through. Yeah. So I would imagine there'd be a lot of specially built things that you, you know, we need. Okay, we're not gonna make a hundred. We're not gonna make a thousand of these. We're gonna make a hundred of these, and they're gonna be made for NASA. They're like rocket motors. Yeah, yeah. And you guys are gonna make them because you can make them light and strong, and you, you know, adamantium drive cones. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I I can see where if you get well, first of all, or Elon the, Musk as well. All of the. <laughs> Production labs in on the Numerian Starship Hulks, mm-hmm. they're all under the control of the Technic League. You have to get past them. Or buy them That off. would be an interesting battle, a well, Unita army against the Technic League. The Technic League does have magic on their side, not but out. Unita has 21st century military tactics. Not fight them, buy them off. Mm. There's got to be something they want that we can provide. Problem is, the Technic League is not going to let go of their secrets that quickly just with money. No, no, we don't want we don't want them to give us. This one give us the stuff. They're not going to. They're, they're what we would have to have because high tech. They have higher tech than we do. Yeah, that's the magic problem. Magic. What could I debt? What could United give the Technic League? That's the thing. Uh, this is where we play the old the old game of okay. If I what do you want? We'll go find it and we'll give it to you. In the meantime, they would hold one of your guys hostage and it's like, if we don't get it by this time, we kill this person. The Technic League plays like that. Mm. They are bad guys. These are not good people, John. Remember, they're they're keeping the Black Sovereign high on, on nanofluids and using him as a puppet leader. The Technic yeah. Leagues are the I ones that run... To think. What? I don't think you... I don't think whatever team leaving would stop the gearsmen from causing trouble anyway. Well, the gearsmen, those are just ba- massive, like, as I said, like 800-pound hulking automatons with electrical fields that they can put through their weapons. You hit it with enough bullets, it's going to drop. Trouble is, they have access to weapons that would drop whoever you're, who's firing those bullets. Right, exactly. See, the gearsmen can just, the Technic League will come in on, like, magical sky cycles and just, you know, strafe you. Yeah, so I mean... The thing, yeah, the thing is, is trying to find some way to, to deal with them diplomatically, but it looks like their idea of dip, dip, diplomacy is to put you, is to get you hooked on nanojuice and... Uh... Well, they did that, well, it, they did that because they knew, you know, it's always good to be the power behind the throne. What's... Or, you know, and so the Black Sovereign, yeah, he was the one that united all the barbarian tribes to protect them because, you know, all these starship hulks crashing, they sort of suffered a nuclear winter. I mean, it was already a cold, and then it got colder. Well, people were starting, people were dying. The Black Sovereign got them all together, and then the Technic League started getting in. It's like, okay, all these various new magical artifacts, and after a while, they became quite skilled xen- um, um Archaeologists reverse engineering this. I decided to look up the, the, the because they did list the leader of the Technic League. Yeah. Osman Zedao. I believe that's the name, yeah. Alignment? Chaotic Evil. So, yeah, there's no dealing with him. Oh, no. Chaotic no. Evil, yeah, it's the Joker. Chaotic yes, Evil, the best is. way to describe Chaotic Evil is the Joker. 
So yeah, unfortunately, that sort of cuts out any 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 way of dealing with them because they're not in it. They're they're in it just for the sheer power. Yeah, you're gonna have to take them out by force, which means what? What's Bruce's solution for that? Fuel air explosive <laughs> pushes the portal and just no. They they probably could survive that. To them, well, they... yeah, maybe they would sit there and do you know <laughs> they'd laugh. I mean, you push it to the port, and then you get to where they are. Well, the gearsmen definitely would, would take a hit on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, you need something different. You need something, you need, this is where you need to go and find something like the gas of peace. Or th- th- things that they, they're not expecting. Th- th- you know, stuff, Termelon level technology, PL-10. But that that but at that point you're sort of like okay we're getting PL ten to get PL seven yeah we're kind of getting you know the shaft here <clears throat> well that's when you use a Commonwealth tech item you you get you know not the planet busting stuff but stuff if you can find an old storehouse of weapons actually if you can find an old storehouse of riot control gear oh even then yeah just you know walking hi. Everyone else falls to the ground. Well, the, the thing is, <laughs> the Commonwealth, the Termelon were the ones that weren't fighting. The Commonwealth were the oh. other races that had the weaponry. No, 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 no. I just realized what you how, how you how you get how you. Oh my god! You just have to convince enough of the, enough enough of them to come with you. Enough of who? Okay, then if we go there, will we get enough peanuts? Blizzness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bliss them. You bliss. You bless them out. You, but you would need like a herd of blizzards to do it. Well, yeah. Well, let's. Well, see, that's the thing. It would work on the Technic League. Yeah, the gearsmen would still act on. You know. Ah, but if you get them all blissed out, you tell them. No, tell them to, to stand down. Okay, dude, stand down. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would really try to. Yeah, you'd you'd have to either trick the Technic League or just outgun them. Yeah. Yeah. You would you would definitely need some you would definitely need some sort of wep- some some Commonwealth weapon uh that you can't that you can't reproduce, but you know, it's it's you know they go, Animantine, that's that's cute. Have you heard of something called Scrith? What is Scrith? <laughs> it's from Larry Niven. It's what the ring world's made out of. Oh, okay. It's a metal. Basically, the only thing harder than Scrith is Puppeteer Hell Metal. And Puppet Hell, Hell Metal could potentially, you could land on a neutron star and it wouldn't crush. Of course, everything inside the ship would be puddles on the floor, but the ship itself wouldn't crush. Mm, okay. Scrith would, would bend. Scrith can be punctured, but it took like a, uh, an, a, a small, series sized asteroid to do that. Ah. Uh. So yeah, it's basically yeah. But then again, yeah, large amounts of script is unavailable unless you want to take apart a ring world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's one. Of, it's one of those things where oh look, this is really high tech. Oh my god! But it does mean you that oh yeah. If you did find the ring world, it means also meant you found the the uh, one of the one of the most feared warriors in the universe, protectors. Protect basically humans are humans are are protectors who settled on Earth 
And the only difference is that protectors eat from the root, eat from the tree of life and become this super intelligent warrior. Basically they do things such as, you know, um, set up entire, entire false cities to, to trick people. And they are the, the basically they, they scare everyone whenever, if they show up in force. Luckily, they never discovered uh, faster and light drives because if they did, this would, the Larry Davis universe would be a completely different place. <laughs> and basically, they're a doomsday weapon. You, 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 you know, trouble. I wouldn't if you if you were to uh, bring protectors to this world, you're saying goodbye to this world because it's not going to be yours anymore afterwards. <laughs> so yeah uh, unfortunately that's a, that's one of the worst words uh that are get yeah you know, get some uh, death world guys to show up and help you basically if you wanted to get the technology massive amounts of the technology from numeria and you were an IDIT team you would have to breather bring in massive amounts of coercion of some type and remember these are wizards so they got high will saves or or no, actually, that's right. The blizzness is just a really high diplomacy check. And that you'd be going hostile, so it'd be a pretty high DC. But if you can do that, bring them down to indifferent, yeah, you can start making requests. It's like, you got plans for this stuff? I mean, we don't need the artifact. Just give us the plans. Yeah, you know? the, either blizzness or that one race from um, Farscape. You know, they, they, they figure prominently in the end of the series. Uh, the, uh, well, you got the oh the interon or not the interons, Eidolons. Eidolons, yes. Peace, the peacemaking race, yeah. Yeah, they, they actually, I think, are would be they have it down pat because this that's what they did for a living. Right. All right, so yeah, the as far as might as well put a closer on this. As far as adding Fringeworthy to the Pathfinder game setting known as Galarian. A Unita IDET would find ample opportunities for adventure, exploration, trade, technology upgrading, um, the chance to meet a myriad of new races besides your typical quote unquote fantasy races, dwarves, elves, gnomes, haplings. You have lizard folk and you have the races from the planet such as the Lashunta. And it would be a very unique experience for an IDET to come upon this node and see just the biodiversity and the technical diversity and, of course, new forms of magic for those versed in magic on an IDET. So, yeah, it could be another form of chocolate and peanut butter, as Bruce would put it. The Galarian setting, as I said, it is a property of Paizo Entertainment. We don't mean any infringement by any of this. It was merely a speculation on my part. It's what I run for my Gen Con games, and I figured that this would be a good way to expand upon the adding Fringeworthy 2 series. We will have more for you next week. But until then... This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming.
It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.